and we will most likely be in this study for a long time. Uh, so we just sit down and set our hearts and minds to the Lord to understand what the truth that is that Jesus declared in regards to Matthew 24. What, what does all of this mean? What does it mean to you and I? What does it mean to the body of Christ? What does it mean? And uh, that's what we're here together and know is the truth. And my heart is really, and I believe I'm telling you the absolute truth, absolute fact that my heart is whatever's true in God, I want to have it. I want to know it. I want to understand it. And I want to share it. And it's in such a way that if it means I have to make an adjustment from what I think, what I believe, I'm willing to make adjustments. And I believe that this group of people sits in the same mind, that, that it's a people gathered to know the Lord. And Sometimes as we know the Lord, you know, a greater understanding comes in our hearts through the knowing of him. And, and that's what we're after is a clarity of his word, a clarity of his understanding, and really the removal of the old and the bringing forth of the new. In Matthew 24, where we were at the last time, and uh, probably be there a couple more times, uh, verses three through seven. Actually, I want to go further than that, but let's start with verses uh, three. And he said on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Notice that the end of the age, the end of the world. When will be the sign of your coming? What is the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, or the King James says divers places. So there's famines, earthquakes going to happen in those days in different places. Just, just a thought on that. At the cross, what happened? There was an earthquake. At the resurrection, what happened? There was an earthquake. So, so Jesus, to me, was speaking of the days that were up on the earth when he was walking the earth, when he was walking the shores of Galilee. Now, coming on down into this, 
It says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that it shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. I'm not going to fully go into this tonight, but I believe Paul in a couple of places said the gospel went into all nations. In Paul's writings, and in one of the coming weeks, we'll get into that. But I believe Paul, if you study it closely, I believe in the book of Romans, maybe the book of Corinthians, maybe uh, even another book, he talks about the gospel going into the world, that the sound went into all the earth. So, so you know, people, people still think, well, this is coming in the future. But to understand it, now, we're going to look at a couple of words here. And the word whole world, the gospel kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for testimony unto all nations, and then shall the income. This word means, if you look it up, you can take your Strong's Concordance. I'll give you, give you the number and look this up. And uh, according to Strong's Dictionary, I'm not telling you everything Strong says is a is 100% accurate, but we use strong all the time to define words. It means land, that is terrain, part of the globe, specifically the Roman Empire. That's Strong's number 3625, if you have a Strong's Concordance. Specifically, the Roman Empire. Then this word nations, means a race as of the same habit that is tribe, specifically a foreign, non-Jewish, usually by implication, pagan. This word in the Apostle Paul in his early ministry, if we were to trace it out, I don't have this in front of me, but I'm going to throw it out there, and some, some of you may have already traced it out. I believe he may have went through the entire Roman Empire and declared Jesus Christ. So I believe if we look at it and search it out, even the scripture will show you that what was going on here was getting ready to take place in the very days that Jesus walked the earth. And you say, well, then why do I need to know this? Because it needs to be, you know, dealt with in your heart. And why you need to know it is so you can deal with other people. You can give them an answer. You can begin to minister to them of the new creation that's created of God in Christ Jesus and how Christ fulfilled all things. And begin to show them by the scripture. We should know these things. And sometimes to know these things, we have to turn loose of ideas that we've had. We have to just turn them loose. Let them go. Give them to the Lord. They ain't no good anyway if they're my idea. 
They're not worth anything if they if they're what I've thought up. If they're what the spirit has revealed, then I need to hold on to everything. But if it's what I believe to be true, it ain't no good anyway. It's when the spirit reveals it. So, so here Jesus says, then shall the end come. Now, Hebrews 9, you flip over to Hebrews 9, and we're working out in particular of this, what's the sign of your coming and the end of the age, or the end of the world, the end of the age. In Hebrews 9, 21, it says, moreover, the tabernacle and all the vessels of ministry, he sprinkled in like manner with the blood. And according to the law, I may almost say all things are cleansed with blood and apart from shedding of blood, there's no remission. It was necessary, therefore, that the copies of the things in the heavens should be cleaned with, cleansed with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ entered not a holy place made with hands like in pattern to the true, but into heaven itself. So not like in the pattern to the true, but he entered into heaven itself now to appear before the face of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters into the holy place year by year with the blood not his own, else must he have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once at the end of the ages, the end of the ages, the end of the age, hath he been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as is appointed unto men once to die, and after this cometh judgment, so Christ also, having been once offered to bear the sins of many, shall he appear a second time apart from sin, to them that wait for him unto salvation. So here at the end of the ages, or the end of the age, he appeared to put away sin, to put away Adam's disobedience, okay? To put away the missing of the mark. How did he put it away? Took it upon himself. He became the propitiation. He became the offering. He became the sacrifice. Everything came upon him. That's how this took place. And he died and put it away. Glory to God. At the end of the age. So the age, so Jesus, I believe, was the sign himself that the end had come. Now, as, as we said last week, Jerusalem being compassed with armies, I believe, in fact, that's, you, you may call it a, a threefold sign, the, the coming of the Holy Ghost and them speaking with unknown tongues. Paul said to them in Corinthians that the tongues were a sign. So, so here, right in the midst of Jerusalem, right in the midst of Israel, Christ appeared took upon him the form of a servant, and come to die the death of the cross. And he died, was buried, and raised again. Glory to God. So at the end of the age. And when he rose from the dead, a new day began to appear, began to shine, began to come forth. 
a day that had never been before. There had never been a day. We, we sing a song. There's never been a day like this day, this day of Christ. And there hasn't because a day of redemption came, a day of forgiveness, a day of perfection, a day of glory. All this came in the person of Jesus Christ. And it began to dawn in the apostle's heart. This day began to be revealed in the apostles, and they began to declare. And one thing that, that I think will help people if they'll look at it from a natural timeline, the apostles wrote the scriptures, the, the, what we call the New Testament scriptures, before the destruction of Jerusalem. Okay? Which is interesting. If you if you start looking at some of the writings and and understand that before Jerusalem was destroyed, before the Roman armies destroyed it, most, if not all, of the epistles and gospels were written. Now, some people debate John's uh, book of Revelation, and maybe they debate some of the other books, but some people believe John wrote it before Jerusalem was destroyed. Others say it was afterwards. So that's a debate. And I'm okay either way because it says he turned to see the voice. He turned around. Whether he was looking at something was coming or he was, begin or he was coming to an understanding of something that had already happened. You know, the Lord can teach us, the Lord can show us, and we can come to a clarity of that. But nonetheless, what John was seeing was what was taking place in Jerusalem or had taken place in Jerusalem. That's what he was declaring. Wasn't a future plagues coming up on the earth. It was the plagues that were declared in the book of Deuteronomy, in the law, that was going to come upon Jerusalem. It was declared in the law. So, but because we don't understand it was declared, we don't believe this. That's, that's why people don't believe it, because they don't believe, they don't understand it was declared. And when Jesus came up on the earth, he was in the old covenant. And a lot of people don't understand that. He was born under the law to redeem them that were under the law. Redeem them who were under Adam's curse. All of that was active in the earth. And it was active in the earth to redeem them to Christ. So he come under the law made of a woman when the fullness of the time. What fullness of time? The time Daniel spoke of. When that time was full, when it had come to its fulfillment, Christ came. The time the prophets declared when God's intention was to be manifest, Jesus came. Yes, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So because of some of the teaching we have, we, we don't understand it. But once at the end of the age, he appeared to put a waste in. And I, and I spoke about the whole world, meaning specifically the Roman Empire. Now, now back that up, okay? Back that up, Wayne. Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 1. It says, 
And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Now, again, question I have, was Rome over the entire globe? Did they control all the physical world? Now, you can look it up. Maybe they did. I don't think so. But they controlled all of the Roman Empire and the Jews. Yeah, they were under Roman captivity. So all the world. So if I was a Jewish man or woman in that day and they taxed me, to me, all the world's getting taxed because my world is that world. So that decree comes upon all the empire, all of Rome. Goes throughout Jerusalem. And, and of course, Joseph and Mary come up to what their city to be taxed. So that decree goes into all the world. So the gospel is going to be preached in all the world. Then shall the end come. The end that they're talking about at the beginning of Matthew 24, when Jesus says not one stone will be left upon another. The whole thing's going to be removed. That end. That's the same end. What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age? Well, he tells them nation's going to rise against nation. What nation's going to rise against what nation? Well, Jerusalem and Rome are going to rise against one another. The kingdoms of darkness, like we said last week, are going to rise against the kingdoms of God. And we dealt with that last week. We looked at that last week. So they're going to rise. Nations rose. And, and what people have done with this scripture is every time there's a war in there, they, they ran out and said, well, this, this is the fulfillment of Matthew 24. No, that was fulfilled. Christ fulfilled it. And that old system was taken off the earth. And a new system has come up on the earth. And we're in the new. Glory to God. It's been complete. It's, it's been done. He did, he did it. That probably wasn't good English right there, but he fulfilled it and brought it forth into the earth. And we are the recipients of that. We're living in the kingdom of God right now. The kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you're living in righteousness, peace, and joy, you're living in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. So in Daniel, in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, flip over to Daniel chapter 12, and we're probably just going to read that book. It says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stands for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to the same time. And at that, that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Now, if I go into the book of Revelation, there's a book of life that we're written into, and that book is Christ. Anyway, and he goes on and says, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. 
And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Now, people say that means the time of the end of the world. Well, Daniel was looking at Jerusalem specifically, if you read the book of Daniel. He was looking at Israel at the time of the end, at the end of those days, Christ came, appeared, died, was buried, and rose from the dead. And Jesus was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was a Jew in the flesh. Then verse 5 says, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river, and the one on the other side of the bank of the river, and one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was up on the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand into heaven and swear by him that lives forever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not, then said, I, O Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the times of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tribe, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that makes desolate set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Now, when was the daily sacrifice taken away? When Jesus died at the cross. There's no more sacrifice made for sin. You, have you ever read that in your Bible? Sure you have. The daily sacrifice was taken away when Jesus died at the cross. So Daniel, what Daniel is seeing when he's seeing the times, times, and a half a time, and all these dates, and Lord willing, we'll may get in all these dates. We'll see how, how this works in the coming weeks. But that sacrifice was taken away at the cross. There's no other sacrifice for sin. So they're not going to set up the, the animal sacrifices again to be taken away. Jesus is who took them away. Now, there's believers, unfortunately, at least I've heard, that are looking for these sacrifices to be reinstated. Why? So they can be taken away. We already did it. There is now no more sacrifice for sin. There's no more peace offering. There's no more burn offering. There's no more ritualistic offerings that's coming upon the earth that God is looking for because Christ fulfilled them all. So the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the abomination that made desolate, okay, we could say it was the Roman army. We could, we could even possibly say it was the Jews they kept offering the sacrifice after Jesus had fulfilled all things, which, which I, I believe would have been an abomination to God because there was no more sacrifice for sin. And the Romans come in and completely destroyed that temple 
And the wise of that day knew it was coming because Jesus told them, when you see Jerusalem compass with armies, get out. It's getting ready to happen. It's up on your doorstep. It's the time, the time of the vengeance of the Lord that he declared in the prophets. He declared it. It's in Isaiah. It's in, I believe, Jeremiah. It's in the book of Deuteronomy that a day of vengeance was coming upon Jerusalem. And Jesus took the wrath upon himself, but those that didn't receive him, honey, those that wouldn't receive him were left in that city. And we talked about this last week. They were left in that city, and what happened to them? They were destroyed. They were taken into captivity. All the things that's in the prophets that it declared happened. So there's plagues in the book of Revelation. I believe with all my heart were, were speaking to the natural Israel, not to the church, not to some future day, but to the natural Israel. You're not cursed. You're not going to be cursed. He's blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you're not getting cursed tomorrow. Don't curse the people of God. You know, I wish ministry would quit trying to curse the people of God and would bless them with the blessings of Christ because God has bestowed upon you the riches of Christ. Yes, that's what he's done. This, this took place. And it's not coming upon the church. Now, I used to believe it was. I used to teach someday all this is going to happen. Honey, the church is joint heirs with Christ. They have been joined to the Lord to inherit that of Christ and that of Christ to be ministered in the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, now that's what's to be ministered on the earth. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. So when Daniel was told to seal this up till the time of the end, you, here you come in the book of Revelation, and John sees what? He sees it being unsealed. He sees it being made open. He sees a book where people are being written into, and the apostle Paul calls the church, the book of Christ, the epistle of Christ. Do you, do you think these are different books? Do we believe that? No. He's being written in us. The word of the Lord written in our hearts that we would know the things of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I, I think I've got a couple. I got beside myself a little bit there. But in Daniel, I think I got another place that says, Blessed is he that waiteth and come to the thousand three hundred five and thirty days. But go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. And again, folks, you may disagree with me, and it's okay. But I believe the end of the days of that old covenant is what is being taught here, because Daniel was looking at Jerusalem. Now, another, another prophet, Isaiah, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 1. 
Isaiah chapter 1. And I want to read Isaiah chapter 1 with purpose. Just the first couple of verses. It says, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning what? Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Now he's talking to the Jews here. And so in this day, captivity comes upon Jerusalem, and it was a foreshadow of what was coming upon them in the days of Christ. So here, here you go, a vision of Isaiah concerning Judah and Jerusalem. A lot of people preach Isaiah, and they don't preach it concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now, that's what the book of Isaiah was written toward. In Isaiah chapter, so when I go grab Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61, verse 1, flip over there, says, The Spirit of the Lord Jehovah is upon me, because Jehovah have anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. Now, we know that's Jesus, because Jesus stands up in the midst of the Jews in the synagogue and tells them this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because Jehovah have anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. You have sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open a prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the year of Jehovah's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them a garland for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planning of Jehovah that he might be glorified. Only Jesus could give you the oil of joy, the Holy Spirit, the garment of praise being clothed upon with Christ, that you could be called a tree of righteousness. Only he could do that. So this is speaking of him. Jehovah's favor is coming and the days of vengeance. Well, what, what's Jehovah's favor? I believe being in Christ, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is Jehovah's faith. So, so in Isaiah, that was coming. Well, Jesus comes and says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your ear. I'm, I'm declaring to you the favor of the Lord. Okay. Does he declare the day of vengeance also? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Matthew 24. It's a day of vengeance. Now, to be plain with it, flip over to Luke 21. Luke 21, verse 20. It says, I'll let you get there because I'm in a hurry, and I'll slow down for a moment. But when you see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that her desolation is at hand. Let them that are in Judea flee into the mountains, and let them that are in the midst of her depart out. And let not them that are in the country enter therein, for these are the days of what? Vengeance. 
that all things which are written. How much? All things which are written may be fulfilled. Woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress upon the land and wrath unto this people, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led captive into all the nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Well, when Jerusalem's compassed with the army of the Romans and they walk into that city and they destroy it or they go into that city, build the ramparts and do all the things that they do, that's the fulfillment of that time. That's the day of vengeance. You can go through the Old Testament scripture and you can find similar prophecies when, when things would come up on Jerusalem and when things would come up on other countries as well. You can find it. It's in the Bible. It's there to be sought out. But that's the day of the of vengeance of our God. Now, if I receive Jesus, see, see, he said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. Now, I said last week, I have a maybe a, an understanding of that that I never had. Okay, I believe we endure to his end. We come to the end of ourselves and we come to the salvation of the Lord. I believe there's a spiritual truth to this, but I also believe Jesus was speaking specifically to those folks there. If you endure to the end, you'll be saved. Because they were in a place, they were in that time that was coming upon distress upon a nation unlike any other time ever would be. It was. It is described so many different ways in, a, in the Bible, a, a time like a woman in travail. What else happened in that day? A new nation broke forth. A new nation come forth. The, the, the redeemed of the Lord come forth. The righteousness of Christ begin to shine. All of that was happening in that day. Yes, it was. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. Jesus fulfilled all things, honey. So the sign of his coming in the end of the age, he told them, what did he say about a sign? He said, there will be no sign given, but what? Flip, flip with me to the book of uh, Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verses 1 through 4. It says, Matthew 16, verses 1 through 4, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Uh, honey, he was the sign from heaven. He told them in John, he said, the son of man who is in heaven. So you want to find the sign from heaven? You find the Lord Jesus. He says to them, he answered and said unto them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be fair weather today for the sky is red and lowered. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the sign of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and there shall be no sign. There shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of Jonah, and he left them and departed. Well, what was the sign of Jonah? 
three days in the belly of the well. The death, burial, and resurrection. This sign of Jonah, the prophet, had come Christ himself. At the end of those days, he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He came. He came. And Deuteronomy, speaking of him in Deuteronomy 18, 18, and this scripture is so powerful in understanding a lot of the Bible, it says in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 18, it says, Jehovah thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him you shall hearken, according to all that thou desirest of Jehovah thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of Jehovah my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And Jehovah said unto me, They have well said that which they have spoken, I will raise them up a prophet from among the brethren like unto thee, and I will put my words in his mouth. Now, what did Jesus say? The words that I speak, they're not mine, but they're the fathers that sent me. So I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Now, he's speaking to the Jew here. Now, does this apply to you and I? Absolutely. But he's speaking to the Jew here specifically because that covenant was made with the Jews. And when Jesus came upon the earth, he was in the covenant made with the Jews. If if believers understood that, he was that prophet that Moses declared that was going to speak the word of God that they were required to hear. And if they did not hear that prophet, all the things of Deuteronomy was going to come upon them. And again, all those plagues in the book of Revelation, I believe, are those plagues in the book of Deuteronomy that were coming upon the Jews who were to hear the word of God through this prophet, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, you go through the scripture and you begin to hear, you begin to see that God was speaking of a fire going to come up on Jerusalem. And, and Jesus begins to talk about the hell of fire and weeping and gnashing and of teeth and so forth. Honey, he was speaking of what was in the prophets, and we've, and we've allowed teachings and doctrines to, to frame our mind instead of the understanding of the Spirit of God. And when we begin to see the understanding of the Spirit of God, we begin to see those days were fulfilled. They, they came upon the Jews, and what came forth unto us the church which is his body, is Christ himself. Yes, yes. We are to declare the manifold wisdom of God in the earth. We are who Daniel saw shining in the brightness of the kingdom. First, that was the apostles. 
You know, you know, people are looking for the saviors to come to Mount Zion. I, I forget which book of the Bible it's in, but it speaks of saviors coming to Mount Zion. You hear brothers get up and start talking with someday saviors are going to come to Mount Zion. And I want to say, well, who do you think Paul was, honey? Who do you think Peter was? Who do you think these apostles were? You know, the writer Hebrews says, we've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. Honey, that was the apostles and the salvation they were declaring was the Lord Jesus Christ. It came up on the earth. They began to declare the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no Savior but him. So they weren't declaring themselves as saviors. They were declaring the salvation of the Lord that had come upon them. That's what they were declaring. It, and that's what we're declaring today. This hasn't stopped. It has increased. See, it didn't just stop, it's increased. The kingdom of God's not didn't end at the at 70 AD, it increased. I believe it at, at that time. <laughs> I you, you know, there's something in me that that's in me, and 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 we just have to look look at this, but I'm gonna throw this out there. I believe at that time that God had pulled everything to himself, he conquered all things. The enemies of the Lord have been overthrown. Now, you say, well, Brother Wayne, there's enemies in the earth. Absolutely, but we're not, we're not held captive. We're not under the authority of men. We are the body of Christ. He has brought us to himself. He's raised us up to himself. He redeemed the body from under the law to himself. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Yes, he has already redeemed a body to himself, which is the church, and we are manifesting him in the earth. If you're walking in righteousness, whether you understand it or not, you are manifesting the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you couldn't walk in righteousness till he come. You know, you couldn't Declare yourself righteous to he come. You may for 365 days, if you were Jew, you have this covering of the Lord, the day of atonement, but you were guilty even in the midst of it. Well, now you can declare yourself whole. You can declare yourself complete. You can declare yourself righteous. How? Through the Lord Jesus Christ, because you're his body. So if you're if you're walking in that in the earth, if you're walking in that understanding, if that is alive in you, then that's a manifestation of him. That ain't a manifestation of you. <laughs> that's him. Understand that. That is the Lord. He declares you righteous. He declares you whole. He declares you sound. So that's the new day that they were looking for the new day that was coming upon the earth, the new day that has no end, the, the glory to the Lamb of God. Now, I want to just keep going, and I'm going to have to stop tonight, and we're going to have to pick this up. But, honey, this is what I believe with all my heart this Scripture is declaring, not a future event. Does it need to take place in you? Absolutely. You need to see it. You need to understand it. That old system needs to be removed because Jesus completely did away with it, and he completely brought you into the new. Are you, are you a new creation or not? Are you his 
or your atoms? Which one are you? Are you a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, or do you have the mind of Christ? You know, let's get serious. Which one are we? Are we a member of the body of Christ, or are we just an old man? Oh, we're a member of the body of Christ. So, so that's the light that's shining. That's the light that's shining in the earth from you and I. That's, that's the glorious light of the gospel that you have been redeemed. He has purchased you with his own blood and made you a kingdom of priests unto him. And you live as priests unto the Lord, as kings and priests, one translation says. The other one says a kingdom of priests, but you rule and reign in what he's done over the earth, over the elements of the world. You rule and reign in what he's done. And the more of what he's done, the more of him you know, the greater measure of that will be manifest because you're knowing him. Because you're knowing him. Yes. Thank the Lord Jesus. We are declaring his glorious name and his glorious victory in the earth. That's what we're declaring. That's what I'm declaring. I'm declaring him, honey. I don't want to know anything but him. And that's what I declare. Well, Father, we just thank you for this word. We ask you to increase it. We ask you to show it. We ask you to make it more profound in us. Help us understand it greatest, greater. Give us the clarity to say it perfectly, Lord, because you are perfect. You are perfect. The perfect one lives in us. And Lord, let us speak out of your perfection, out of you. That is the perfect one. Yes, that even the principalities and powers of this age, I know Jesus spoke right to them. He spoke right to the Jewish leaders. He spoke right to the Roman leaders there, to the powers. And the Apostle Paul spoke right to the powers. But even the principalities about Jesus dealt with even the powers of, of the wicked kingdom, the devils. Yes, he spoke right to them, Father. And he put them right under his feet. And we're his body, so we're in the body. That's put everything under his feet, and we thank you, Father, for it. And we're declaring it in the earth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.